Linux. Have you heard that word thrown around within tech circles? You probably have. Linux distributions can be used as an alternative to your Windows or Mac OS desktop, but are used majorly on web servers and in data centers as well. And you may wonder, what is Linux exactly? Today, I discuss that on Joey's Totally Tech. Linux is a family of open-source Unix-like operating systems based on the Linux kernel, which was created by Linus Torvalds. And for those who might not know, the kernel is a program that's at the core of your operating system that controls everything. Windows has one, Mac OS has one. It's one of the first programs to load in your operating system and handles the rest of your startup, as well as input and output requests, translating them into instructions for your processor. It also handles your peripherals such as your keyboards, monitors, printers, and more. So Linus Torvalds created this Linux kernel and released it as open source software. And if you're not familiar with open source software, listen to last week's episode on the topic. Generally speaking, Linux itself is not the operating system, it's just the kernel. But I previously said it was a family of operating systems that use the, that kernel. As oftentimes people will say, I'm using Linux, when asked about their operating system. But really the operating system is the kernel plus everything that's packaged with it such as the system software and libraries. There are a number of popular Linux distributions, or distros for short, such as Debian, Fedora, Ubuntu, and Manjaro, which can be downloaded and used for free. There are also commercial Linux distributions, such as Red Hat Enterprise Linux and SUSE Linux Enterprise Server. Desktop Linux distributions will include a windowing system like X11 or Wayland, and then there will be a desktop environment such as GNOME, or some people pronounce it GNOME because it does start with a G, or KDE Plasma. In desktop distributions, these can often be switched out for another desktop environment or even a lightweight window manager in which you could create your own customized environment should you choose to go that route. Server distributions, meanwhile, may omit the graphical desktop altogether. They'll oftentimes include a solution stack such as LAMP, 
which stands for Linux, Apache, MySQL, and PHP, which are server tools for web development and hosting. The free distributions are typically all open source software. If you're up to it, you can create your own distribution as well, and many hobbyists do so, as well as corporations like Canonical and Red Hat. Canonical creates the Ubuntu distribution, by the way. Most Linux distributions are pretty similar to each other. However, you have some oddballs. If you have a Chromebook, that is running the Linux kernel. However, it's not using the X11 environment for the graphics server. Chrome OS uses its own graphics system, and Android uses a modified Linux kernel as well as its own graphical system too. For the rest of this podcast, we will be talking mainly about systems that use X11 as their graphical system if they're in the desktop, and not Chrome OS or Android, as since they're similar under the hood, they're overall very different beasts. We've talked briefly about desktop and server Linux distributions. Beyond that, the Linux kernel is also often used in other devices. You can find it in embedded systems or systems where the operating system is built into the firmware and is highly tailored to that system. This would include your network routers, automation controls, smart TVs, DVRs, video game consoles, and smartwatches. There are even a few non-Android smartphones and tablets that are running Linux distributions. I won't be getting too much into embedded systems with Linux, but due to the open source nature, this makes these devices very hackable, and I don't mean as in illegal computer hacking, but customizable. You can often put custom firmware on these devices and easily make it into something closer to what you'd like. Hey everyone, it's Joey and I'm recording this for my iPhone 6S. Have you heard about the Anchor app yet? If not, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. I'm recording from my phone right now. I normally use my professional microphone at home to record, but hey, I'm showing that you can do this on the phone too. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast. There's no minimum listenership required. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the Anchor app in the Apple App Store or Android's Google Play Store today to get started. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. For the rest of this, I will be focusing on desktop Linux systems, as this is probably what most people will be interested in. 
On desktop Linux, there's a plethora of free open source software available. Now, it used to be you had to download the source code and compile each program one by one. But over time, developers created package managers, which operate kind of like app stores in a way, though the software is free. The software is a pre-compiled or binary format ready to be used. You see, Windows programs don't run in Linux, at least not out of the box. So you can't just double click on an EXE or MSI file and expect it to install or run in Linux. Likewise, you can't expect macOS software to install and run in Linux either. Fortunately, there are many open source programs you may have been using in Windows, such as Firefox, Chromium, LibreOffice, Audacity, and more, which are also available for Linux. Ubuntu, which is part of the Debian family of Linux distributions, is probably the most popular distribution for new users, and it's the one I highly recommend for users who are new to Linux. It uses apt as its package manager. It's a command line tool. However, there are graphical tools such as Synaptic, and Ubuntu even has its own app store which allows you to install all the programs most, if not all, users would want to use without touching the command line. There are other types of packages too that are independent of the package manager. In recent years, Snap and App Image packages have become quite popular. Snap packages can be installed and run on any Linux distribution that has Snap installed. And App Image, my favorite of the two, can be run without anything special being installed. All you have to do is make the App Image file executable. And I like App Image because it's probably the closest thing we have to an exe type file in Linux, and it's very portable. As far as the desktop goes, that's going to be different based on the distribution. I've already mentioned GNOME and KDE Plasma. Another fairly popular but lightweight desktop environment is XFCE. That is one that I use on my laptop, actually. Um, I was going to use that on my desktop too, but I think it had some issues either with my graphics card or multi-monitor setup. So I went with KDE Plasma instead. And there are differences in how all these desktop environments work. Ultimately, it's up to personal preference. For a new user using Ubuntu, I would stick with what is the default there until you're more familiar with the system. Then try switching it out, but do so at your own risk. These desktop environments tend to offer a lot of customization options, more than Windows or Mac OS would. And if you have your own idea of what you want your desktop to look and feel like, that is great. For more advanced users, one might want to try window managers such as Openbox, Awesome, i3, IceWM, etc. These aren't really full desktop environments, but a base which controls your windows. 
and then you can build on top of that to create something truly custom for your desktop environment. As for me with my workflow, I haven't fully gotten into the window managers, if I'm honest. And as I've said, on my desktop, KDE Plasma works beautifully and is actually currently my preferred desktop environment. I don't run it on my laptop though because my laptop doesn't have the RAM I really want to have for such a huge environment. XFCE is perfect for that. Is Linux right for you? That's the real question, isn't it? I think most people would say if you're new to computers, you probably shouldn't use it. I disagree as something like Ubuntu would be really easy to use. If you started off using that, the learning curve would be no different than learning to use Windows or Mac OS. Now, if you're used to Windows or Mac OS and even have a few applications you rely on those systems for, but you don't consider yourself a power user by any means, it may or may not be right for you. As I mentioned, you can't run Windows programs out of the box. Now, you could install something called Wine or other Wine distributions like Crossover. This is able to get many Windows applications to work in Linux. What it is is not emulation, but it's what's called an application compatibility layer. However, it's not perfect, and there are some applications that won't install or won't run properly. If you're a gamer, Steam actually has a custom version of Wine called Proton, which is used to play many Windows games in Linux. This works surprisingly well. While not all games work with it, a large amount of them do. If you're really wanting to try Linux out, I would recommend running it in a piece of software called a virtual machine, which is an emulated computer or software coded to act like a computer within your computer, if that makes any sense. The easiest one to use, in my opinion, is VirtualBox. Run Ubuntu in that, and that will give you an idea of if you want to use it. Now, if there are programs that aren't working in Linux for you and aren't available, there may still be alternatives that will work. For example, you could try LibreOffice as a replacement for Microsoft Office. LibreOffice is mostly compatible, but you may find some differences if your projects get a bit more complex. If you find LibreOffice doesn't import and export files the way you want them to, then it may be good to stick with Microsoft Office. Of course, many people are using Office 365 in the cloud now, so that becomes even less of an issue. If you use web apps, you'll have no problem these days, regardless of what operating system you're using, unless you're really using an old operating system like Windows 95. If you're not tied to any particular Windows apps, Ubuntu Linux would be a great alternative for you to use. 
I say Ubuntu as that's what I recommend to the new user. However, if you're somewhat familiar with Linux already, you can branch out to other flavors of Linux. I myself love the Manjaro Linux distribution, which is part of the Arch family of Linux distributions. Some distributions are geared to being user-friendly, others may seem a bit more complicated. I'd say it's all up to you with how easy or how complicated you want this to be. Oh, and if you're wanting to learn programming, Linux-based systems are a great environment to learn that in. You can use C, Python, Lua, and more. In fact, it has its own bash scripting language on the command line that's really powerful. In my opinion, it's a programmer's dream environment. But if you're not at that level, that's okay. Don't let that scare you from trying it out and using it. Once you're comfortable using it in VirtualBox, you can choose to install it on your actual hardware. It's possible to do something called multi-boot, and I actually do this on my desktop, but on newer systems with secure UEFI, it may be a bit tricky to multi-boot. You can find instructions online on how to get multi-boot systems going if you want to go that route. Most installers can do it fairly well, but like I said, newer UEFI systems can be tricky. But for some of you, you may want to nuke your Windows or Mac OS installation anyway and go with your Linux distribution. I will say for Mac OS, they do have Boot Camp, which makes multi-boot a bit easier. Now, this episode isn't meant to be a tutorial, but there are plenty of tutorials online should you want to look more into Linux-based systems. And there's plenty more I could go into detail about in this episode, which I didn't do today, such as security, as it's known to be very secure, and how to customize your environment, and so much more. Really, I'd say the sky is kind of the limit with Linux distributions, and if you're wanting to try something different, give Ubuntu a try. You might find you like it, and you may want to give it a full install on your desktop or laptop. Even in lockdown, we still have loads of stuff going on in the world regarding tech. Zoom CEO has apologized for issues regarding privacy and security. Google is partnering with California to make Chromebooks and Wi-Fi free to students. Microsoft has disabled gamer picks temporarily. Lyft is offering free scooter rides to health and transit workers. South by Southwest 2020 films will be screened free on Amazon Prime. Amazon has been working on a cloud gaming service. AMD is axing its Store MI technology and replacing it. Abbott Laboratories has launched a five-minute coronavirus test. And SpaceX has lost its third Starship prototype. Sit back and relax. This is the news on Joey's Totally Tech.
Zoom CEO apologizes for falling short on privacy and security. Eric Yuan, CEO, said in a blog post this past Wednesday, quote, We recognize that we have fallen short of the communities and our own privacy and security expectations. For that, I am deeply sorry. After vulnerabilities had been discovered, because of that, Zoom has chosen to stop adding new features for the next 90 days and focus solely on addressing privacy issues. The company will also release a transparency report, similar to how Facebook, Google, and Twitter detailing requests for data or content from governing authorities. Many people have been using Zoom due to the coronavirus outbreak, which has led people to work and socialize from home. Zoom had over 200 million daily meeting participants in the month of March. Google is partnering with California to make Chromebooks and Wi-Fi free to students. This past week, California Governor Gavin Newsom announced schools would not be reopening this academic year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But to ensure remote learning is accessible to all, they announced a partnership with Google to make Chromebooks and Wi-Fi available to students. Google will provide 100,000 points of access to improve Wi-Fi and broadband capacity, and they're targeting rural households with unlimited high-quality connectivity for free of charge for at least three months. According to Newsom, this move will, quote, help substantially address the digital divide issues, the rural issues, the equity issues that are at play. Sundar Pichai tweeted, quote, Proud to work with Gavin Newsom and partners to help bridge the digital divide in our home state. We're providing 4,000 Chromebooks to California students in greatest need and free Wi-Fi to 100,000 rural households during the COVID-19 crisis to make distance learning more accessible. Microsoft disables custom Xbox Live gamer picks amid record numbers. The company has temporarily disabled the upload of new custom gamer picks to improve moderation across the platform. A handful of issues have been impacting Xbox Live stability, though the platform has largely remained stable and has been adapting to the increased demand. The feature was introduced in 2017 and allows users to represent themselves using external images upload via the Xbox apps. Moderation includes a manual view of all newly uploaded custom gamer picks, which ensures one adheres to the community guidelines. With increased traffic, largely due to people staying at home due to coronavirus, Microsoft temporarily shuttered this ability across all platforms, including on PC and mobile. You can expect Xbox Live to restore full functionality over the weeks ahead as load decreases on the platform. Lyft offers free scooter rides for health and transit workers amid coronavirus pandemic in select cities. To assist first responders, healthcare professionals, and transit workers through the pandemic, Lyft has started offering free scooter rides as they do their jobs, they announced on Friday. These are unlimited 30-minute rides to critical workers in Austin, Denver, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Monica, California. In order to qualify, employers must enroll their workers in the program. Lyft has said that the free service runs through April 30th. They also said Lyft is deploying additional scooters around hospitals. 
South by Southwest Films to screen free on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime Video and South by Southwest are joining forces to launch their quote, Prime Video presents South by Southwest 2020 Film Festival Collection. Following the cancellation of the South by Southwest Conference and Festival, by Austin, Texas due to the coronavirus concerns. It offers filmmakers in the 2020 South by Southwest Film Festival lineup an invitation to opt in to take part in the online film festival, which plays exclusively on Prime Video in the U.S. for 10 days. It will be available in front of the Prime Video paywall and free to all audiences around the country with or without Prime membership. You just need an Amazon account. Amazon is working on a cloud gaming service, Project Tempo. A report published by the New York Times reveals Amazon has been investing in creating a new cloud gaming platform known as Project Tempo. Hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent working on it, as well as in creating original exclusive games to lure people in. The first big budget game from Amazon will be a science fiction shooter known as Crucible, which comes in late May. Amazon is looking to better leverage its Twitch acquisition by developing casual games that streamers can play alongside viewers. This game initiative would be Amazon's biggest push and investment into original entertainment since it became a major producer of streaming series and films. The timing seems to be right with Microsoft, Google, and Nvidia getting into cloud gaming and streaming. Amazon's VP for Game Services and Studios, Mike Frizzini, says the big picture is about to trying to take the best of Amazon and bring it to the game. We have been working for a while, but it takes a long time to make games, and we're bringing a lot of Amazon practices to making games. AMD to replace their store and my technology in quarter two of 2020. AMD has announced that the company has officially terminated support for the store and my technology. They will be replacing it with a brand new version that has improved features in the second quarter of this year. StoreMi is a feature that AMD introduced with its Ryzen 2000 series processors and 400 series chipsets. It lets you combine up to 256 gigabytes of solid state storage with memory to speed up conventional hard drives. On March 31st, AMD made the store and my software unavailable to download. AMD will still let you use the software if you've downloaded it, but the chip maker will be redirecting its resources to work on the replacement and will no longer be providing technical support for store and mine. Abbott Laboratories launches a five-minute virus test to use almost anywhere. The company has unveiled a coronavirus test that can tell if someone is infected in as little as five minutes, and it's small and portable. It can be used in almost any healthcare setting. They plan to supply 50,000 tests a day starting April 1st, or this past Wednesday, according to John Frells, Vice President of Research and Development at Abbott. The test looks for fragments of the coronavirus genome, which can quickly be detected when present at high levels. A thorough search to rule out an infection can take up to 13 minutes. The company has received emergency use authorization from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration for the use by authorized laboratories and patient care settings. 
SpaceX has lost their third Starship prototype. The Starship SN3 collapsed during a cryogenic proof test, which was designed to validate the vehicle ahead of a planned static fire and 150 meter hop. SpaceX is now focusing on future Starship build. And that concludes the news on Joey's Tolly Tech, as well as the Joey's Tolly Tech episode of this week. I hope you're all staying safe out there as we continue dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Stay safe, stay well, and stay positive, and I will catch you next time.